how it goes. Yeah, so maybe uh, I'll miss the cat tree, but maybe without the cat tree, you won't yeah. get interrupted. I mean, I have not fed him yet, but he is not currently on me to like feed him now. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> when these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. And host a podcast. We watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the rolls. <laughs> the, the one thing I do for this and I start to talk over it. All right, let's try that again. Welcome back to Dad's Meet World, your weekly uh, dive back into that 90s classic, Boy Meets World. <laughs> I am one of the dads, Tyler. And I am the other dad, Brett, uh, who does yes. not want you to take the roles, apparently. <laughs> yes, but uh, they do want you to take the roles. That's what we're here. We're here to take the roles and uh, reclaiming uh, the roles. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm still getting used to our new theme song. <laughs> it's very intense. Like, I, I didn't realize how much of that initial one that we had would, like, kind of get me like hyped into the episode and this one just kind of lulls me into it so um it does, yeah. but yeah it's like a... we go through each episode <laughs> uh step by step talk given about uh how we felt about the episode and you know, little insights as dads that we pick up and uh yeah so brett how are you what's going on what's new well hold on Oh man, I, I had a sneeze right there. Right as you were, right as you were asking me, I had a sneeze coming on. Anyway, uh, I've delayed it. Apparently, it'll come back when I uh, least want it to. Well, yes. uh, tonight we are recording on the trick or treat, trick or treat night here uh, where I live, and uh, so this is, for all intents and purposes, Halloween for my uh, sleepy little berg. So Ooh. went out with uh, my kids and uh, my one niece and two of my nephews and my sister. Ooh, nice. And uh, we went trick-or-treating around the neighborhood and uh, went out, as I always do, my annual tradition is to dress up as Michael Myers. And, uh, you know, I throw on the coveralls, the uh, um, Michael Myers mask, and my gigantic fake kitchen knife and bring that's joy actually yes it is I, actually I know yes. there's, a, there's a little tint to that sucker so that's pretty impressive there is. it's it's a very reflective uh listeners if you're not watching on youtube uh check it out on youtube just a little bit there's it's a very nice reflective paint job yeah. um i, mean, you I could, didn't make you it can myself tell, the, the closer i look at it, the more you can see it's not real but like it if from across the street by, it picks up the street like glint <laughs> and it it can be scary um, but yes, I bring joy to the little children of the neighborhood and I'm not making up that statement because every well, year there are little kids that have no business watching Michael Myers movies who will want to say hi. And tonight was no different. Um, you know, little kids saying, hi, Michael Myers. And so, yeah, I stay in character. I don't talk while I'm walking around in the mask and I'll wave back to, to him. To you about this yet but how do you feel about the the latest halloween franchise did you like it not like it i i did you liked, some you didn't okay i did i i've always preferred um 
I, I, I really do appreciate what David Gordon Green uh, wanted to do with it. And I know it didn't, it wasn't perfect. He didn't execute it as well as he could have, but I really do appreciate what he did with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that in the world of movies, you can always start over and go again. But I do, yep. I do really appreciate what he did with it. Yeah, yes. I will tell you, I did watch the first two, but I did not mm-hmm. watch the conclusion. And from everything I've heard, the conclusion wasn't worth watching. So, I wouldn't say it's not, not worth it, it, but it's not what you would normally expect out of a Michael Myers movie. But it yeah. fits the theme that David set up throughout the first two, especially with the the theme of evil and how pervasive it is and how it can weave its its tendrils into everything and everyone. So I think <laughs> I think it would be interesting that November first comes along and Michael becomes a normal person. <laughs> and then it becomes a buddy buddy uh, becomes a him and uh <laughs> and yeah, he's just he becomes a CPA and you know he's doing her taxes getting her ready for March 15th. Well the man's in his like 70s/80s slash so the guy should be <laughs> Well, you know he's driven by evil. But anyway, um but what's different, you know, I waved, there was one little girl in a butterfly costume. She's like, hi, Michael Myers. And I so she kind of waved. She looks and she sees my knife. She's like, why, why do you have a big knife? <laughs> it's like, and I'm thinking, like, how do you answer when you're in character? And she realized then that her, her group had wandered off in the other direction. So she ran off. But what really was different this year is I've never had someone ask to take a photo with me. And so this family asked if they could get a picture with me. And so their little kids, they're like, I don't know, four and six kind of mm-hmm. gathered around and they snapped a picture with their phone and thanked me when they were like being at Disney or something. So. Yeah. And then as we're it's ending, times, man. <laughs> I, I know as we're ending, we're, we're rock, walking up back towards the house and this huge crowd that must have like carpooled from another part of town with like. I don't know, close to two dozen little kids ranging, I don't know, first through third grade, just piling out and running across the street. It's Michael Myers. Look, it's Michael Myers. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael Myers. I'm just like, okay, I'm just waving at him. <laughs> so I took the mask off and I looked at Abby. He's like, you know, Abby, that's why I do this every year. That's why this is my tradition. <laughs> I bring joy to the little children. <laughs> I'm like the Santa Claus of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And these children I mean, have no business knowing who Michael Myers is. <laughs> yeah. I will say that when I used to wear my Batman costume, I would get some little kids excited to see Batman. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's more appropriate than a ch- oh, very infinitely. young child being excited for. Yeah. My problem is, is that I like my beard. So, like, any sort of clean shaving character is kind of upsetting to me to do. That's why the mm. character that I'm doing this year, I'm not saying what it is yet, but uh, he's kind of a hot mess of a character. So if, for him to have a beard, like, it fits. Mm. So I'm excited. We should, we should put up some pictures of our Halloween costumes on our social channels on Halloween. Sure. We should do that, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, um, after after all the trick-or-treating was done, it was really nice to see all the cousins sitting around doing the, the annual trick-or-treat candy swap. That was really cool for me. Nice. How are you doing, Tyler? 
doing pretty good. Everyone's healthy now, so yay! Um, <laughs> you may notice, Brett, I'm set up in a different location right now. Um, I have. It is since we're absolutely committed to fantastic. the videos. I figured. I would move into the office. Now, I don't have a door, <laughs> so it's an incomplete <laughs> office, and I still have to paint it. But, And also, depending upon the wide shot over there, you may see some uh, plumbing. Um, so, you know, it's a room that's not complete yet, but for right now, it's uh, usable for the space. And eventually, I'll be mm -hmm. able to finish it and get it working nice. But, hey, I got carpet under my feet, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know, and currently there's no cats uh, able to be here. So you, I think the video quality may be good enough. You could see some of the videos behind me, DVDs and books. So if you're a viewer out there and you catch a glimpse of a Blu-ray or a DVD or a book you want to shout out, feel free to. I'll tell you if I've actually read it or, or watched it yet. There we so. go. <laughs> I will say that's the weird thing I forget about is that it's in my DVD collection. I'm like, oh. I have not seen this yet. It's been in my collection for <laughs> years. <laughs> for I've got a few sitting there. on the shelves. The like DVD that, collection yeah. is something people used to do where they would go to the store and buy physically. <laughs> and then they sit on the shelves. <laughs> yes. And they sit on the shelves. So, uh, yeah, I will tell you that we did do uh, Zubu yesterday at the uh, Erie Zoo. So that was fun. Um, I saw some pictures that looked like uh -huh. fun, yes. Sarah's upset with me because at one point we were by the lion area and there was a lion actually like sitting like out so it could see people. And Oliver, not Oliver, Henry, that one. Uh, Henry was dressed as a lion and I didn't get a picture of the lion beside the lion. So oh. I was told that I was a disappointment. So, but, oh well. <laughs> The kids had a good time. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> should we get into this episode, Brett? I think we should. Well, awesome. good-looking people, this week we're going to look at the 11th episode of Season 3, City Slackers. Now, this episode, Corey and Sean sneak out to Mr. Feeney's Cabin in the Mountains for a weekend of unsupervised mischief. They get more than they bargain for when Mr. Feeney catches them and end up learning a few things about their old teacher. Meanwhile, Eric and Frankie engage in a marathon billiards match. This episode was written by Kevin Kelton. Uh, this is actually the second of four episodes that he wrote for the series. Uh, he wrote Pop Quiz, and he will also go on to write The Heart is a Lonely Hunter and I never sang for my legal guardian. Uh, he also had a pretty long run of writing in, in Hollywood and uh, actually used to write for a little show you might have heard of called Saturday Night Live from uh, 1983 to 85. You know, you might have heard about that. <laughs> they have clips on YouTube. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Directed by Jeff McCracken Originally aired January 5th, 1996, currently enjoys an 8.0 rating on IMDb, and guess what, Tyler? It's time for... I hit Dead the button. silence. Come on. <laughs> I redid this clip. <laughs> I redid it. Come on. 
All right. I compl- I made a completely new clip for vast emotional damage where I merged the vast emotional damage soundbite and the game show music. And vast it's not working. Damage. All right. So anyway, we're going to look at the uh the the Nielsen viewer Im- information. And uh, previously, our last episode pulled in 17.4 million viewers. Tyler, what do you think, coming back in this new year, 1996, City Slackers managed to pull in? Well, this would have been the first episode of the year, wouldn't it? It would be. It's January. It's a low... I'm going to say we're at 18 this go-around. 18? Ah, you're a little bit low. It was 19.6 million. Nice. I'll take the low. Yeah. Nice big yeah, I mean, start January, to the brand so. new year. Yeah. This episode begins, Brett, in the Matthews household, in the kitchen. Uh, Corey and Sean are talking about that big test that they got to study for, because you know, there's always the big test for a random class. You never know which one's going to be, but potentially it's Mr. Feeney's class. Oh, yes. Always um, a big test. And Sean's making a joke like, you know what's nice about your house? No Feeney. And I'm like, he's always around. <laughs> There's more likely yeah, chance they're going to run into at the Matthews house than in school. <laughs> they see him he's, every day. Sean knows he's their neighbor. But I, I like that fun line about the uh, good lighting in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. But I also was I also like the note that Sean was willingly studying. That was a nice little yeah. touch there. I mean, excuse me, unless at this point... Since Turner, he lives at Turner's house, sometimes he feels like he needs to be studying. If he's not studying, he's doing something. And Turner could be getting on him of like, you need to be doing more things. You need to be trying things. Like, there's a chance that he feels more pressure at Turner's house and he can't just always relax and chill. So Mm -hmm. potentially he's like, I'll just be here. They don't have a teacher immediately bugging me about everything. (laughs) Brett Hunter. Nice. (laughs) Uh, so, anywho, uh, Feeney pulls in, and uh, apparently we learn that Sean's book is uh, still in its original cellophane. Yeah. <laughs> he, gets, now, he gets top dollar on the resale market that way. Yes. Now, okay. I know in college I had to buy all my books, and so... There were some classes I would not touch too much of the books if I knew I wanted to sell them or get rid of them the once class was done, but they didn't come in the original packaging. Yeah, there were a few classes I just flat out didn't buy the books that I needed. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that I was required for those classes if I could get away with it. Uh, but yeah, most books I got... Now, granted... This was uh, 1996, and textbooks in 1996, if you were purchasing them outright, they and they would have potentially, it could have been wrapped in cellophane. So I, I let it go a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also, if you like, got them through a distributor, it would have been. But at a public school, they should be giving you the books inside the class. Agreed. This is definitely one of those. The joke comes first. Sean would not I know. be reselling that's, this that book. That needs to be our T-shirt. The joke comes first. Like that's, that's our the that's our dri- joke for this year. Not, not episodes going to episode. This is the joke comes first this year. It I'll work really on that. Really is shirt. true this year. Um, 
But yeah, I'm making a note for myself. Feeney's kind of giving Sean a hard time about studying. He goes, what's the point? What's the point of reading the book? And he goes, to get into college. And he's like, more reading. <laughs> Sean doesn't I like, how, like reading. <laughs> no, but he's probably dyslexic and it makes sense. Like, Sean is a smart kid, but if he has a reading comprehension disability, making it hard for him to read, and he didn't get the time to practice and learn how to grow out of some of that, he would struggle. You know, mm -hmm. if for me, it's one of the reasons why deep dives, I try to read as often as I can through them, because I, I don't like to read. I hate reading, and I'm <laughs> bad at it. And so if I read the things i try my best i can at least look back and go hey i struggled through this even as an adult i still struggle through some of my readings but i am still trying you know mm -hmm. yeah got my nose is itchy <laughs> 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 all right so anywho alan and amy enter in uh to the kitchen yes. and amy's and i did clip of... this oh awesome go ahead i clipped this but i wanted to note before we share it i did find it quite amusing that Alan and Amy's first reaction when they come into the kitchen and Mr. Feeney's there is, are the boys in trouble? Well, they do. <laughs> well, they do. But I did clip this for us. I, I like this little conversation. Are the boys in trouble? Probably. But that's not why I'm here. You remembered it's my birthday this Sunday. That is so sweet. Oh, morning, George. Uh, the boys in trouble? George, remembered it's my birthday. Oh, you got a birthday coming up? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's Sunday. How can I forget? The Eagles are playing. Not for you, honey. A key? To my cottage in the mountains. I thought you two might enjoy a romantic getaway this weekend. Oh, George, you are the best. Thank you. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought you sold your place in the Poconos. I intend to. I don't get up there very much, but I assure you, it's very romantic. Well, that's very considerate, George, but see, I already have plans for her birthday. <laughs> well, hang on to the key. Another weekend, perhaps. Liar. <laughs> oh, you don't think Alan has plans? <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> well okay so we we do need to discuss for a moment because this episode is coming out like right at january 1st mm -hmm. however the way that everything is around them there's no way this is january i can buy that this is february Mm -hmm. That this is right around Valentine's Day and all that jazz. Like, I could buy that Amy has a close to Valentine's Day, February birthday. And because sometimes in Pennsylvania and also in Ohio, you know, February can be a surprisingly nice weather time period. Like, you can get a few weeks here and there where, like, snow is gone for some reason, and it's just kind of, it's a little gross outside, but it's warm outside, so you're comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. What I don't buy is this is January. Yeah, and uh, for this, I just want to point us back just for a little bit, just for us to keep a little bit of perspective. Uh, no perspective. They do, they, they do look at snow in the mountains, because, I mean, they are the mountains. Um. This was originally in production order to be the ninth episode. It was supposed to fall between uh, This Little Piggy and Rave On. Uh, so this, this was supposed to happen a, 
a few episodes before we're getting to it. So this was supposed to happen probably mid-November. Yeah, I can believe that too. I... This is the weird thing about this episode is it feels like, because of the way the story plays out, there's no mention of Topanga whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it almost makes more sense for this episode to be later in the school year. And mm-hmm. part of the Corey is trying to figure out who he is now without Topanga. And that's why he's not willing to talk about Topanga for an episode. Yeah, especially with Sean's big pool being, you know, lots of cuddly snow bunnies on the mountain, right. and Corey. And I, that makes no mention of Topanga there. For you know? a, for a Corey who's single to be like, yeah, let's go see if we can find some cute girls to mm-hmm. go skiing with. That oh, makes you total know sense I'm going. for Corey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like the interest for the writer slash motivations for the characters don't always line up or as our wonderful listener Abby likes to say can you stop saying episode as to episode <laughs> we'll find other but ways to say it Abby <laughs> that's true but this is truly the a one of the most episode as to episode here's a key to a place Sean stole it we're gonna go mm-hmm so unfortunately, regardless of whatever else happens in the in these scenes, it doesn't matter because they're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get to John Adams High, and uh, they got tickets for the bus, and apparently they uh, Sean himself checked the weather, and it looks like there's supposed to be fresh snow on the mountain. Yep, fresh powder on the mountains. Yes. <laughs> but we don't Although- ski. <laughs> I love Sean's retort to that, Bo. We don't learn, but we go to school, don't we? (laughs) Yes, but I like how we go to a different part of the hallway and we see Eric interacting with Mr. Turner. Yes, we find out that Mr. Turner actually does teach 12th grade English Lit as well, which is nice to know that he's not just teaching, you know, 7th and 8th and 9th graders. Mm-hmm. That he's teaching the full slate. I like I like knowing that for some reason. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it makes sense that Eric would be a student of either Turner, Eli, or Feeney, or any other teacher in the school. Like, mm-hmm. could be. And I know for our public school, like, it's not that uncommon for a teacher to teach a ninth grade class, and then the next period is a 12th grade class. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that uncommon, and I don't understand why. I know why. I get it, Brett. I get it. The joke comes first. The joke comes first. Accept it, Tyler. The yep. joke comes first. And it doesn't I just matter what happens parent teacher, until it's right in front of you. I, I just had parent-teacher conferences this week uh, a couple of days ago, and, you know, just even just looking at the board, because they have their class schedule sometimes up there on the boards with them, and, uh, you know, I can see the different about someone are teaching four and five different classes throughout a seven period day and they're different classes they're not just i i teach the same uh you know intro level class six times a day Um, and you know we met with one teacher who taught who was teaching toby this year and taught abby last year and it's the same class he's teaching them both in but you know it's it's for it's it's a little bit of realism for me that eric even though Eric is dumb enough to not realize that Mr. Turner knows he's his teacher, it brings a little realism to it that Mr. Turner knows 
this is his student and yeah. this is his 12th grade student and he's not just teaching Corey and Sean's class. <laughs> Although I do love this interaction. Uh, it's me, Eric, Corey's brother. Yeah, you're in my English class, my English list class. Oh, right. How am I doing? How am I not doing? good. <laughs> not so great. Um, well, yeah, I will say uh, it does make me giggle because uh, your kids will experience a little bit of what I ended up experiencing, which is me having a, the same teacher as one of my siblings, whether it be my older sibling or my younger sibling, and getting feedback of the difference between us from those mm -hmm. those teachers, it just makes me giggle. Because um, yep. like my brother, <laughs> for lack of a wording, I don't want to slander him, but maybe didn't pay as much attention in classes as I would. So like some teachers absolutely like my brother because of his personality, not because of his... Uh, work ethic but they love me because i tried hard you know and did the best i could and my sister talked a lot so uh when my <laughs> sister finally came into high school a lot of times she would hear oh my gosh this teacher loved tyler Had, like couldn't believe that tyler's <laughs> sister was in their class now and she's like so yeah. annoying how many of them liked you and i'm like i'm sorry i tried <laughs> yep <laughs> Yes. So uh, yeah. we see, we find out Eric's uh, goal of this episode, and that is to get a girl uh, who only likes jocks uh, interested in him for the episode. Yes, that's Bianca. Yes. Also played by Julie, I was going to say also known as, but played by Julie Benz. First and only time we're going to see her on Boy Meets World. She has 97 acting credits on her resume, including Married with Children, Step by Step. Step by Step, Day by Day. As Good as It Gets, The King of Queens, Roswell, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, George of the Jungle 2, where she took over as Ursula. Uh, oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> it's not Supernatural. Horrible. I haven't. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. I love the original yeah. so much. It's hard seeing anyone besides Brendan Fraser as George. That's hard. That's just... I will say one of the, the best line in the movie is him going, huh, I've not attempted anything like this since the original movie when my role was played by Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, like have... winks at the camera. <laughs> Uh, Saw 5, Dexter, No Ordinary Family, great under-the-radar stuff for you, good-looking people. Hawaii 5 911 Lone Star, and a lot more. Fun fact, born in Pittsburgh. Nice. Yes. <sighs> so, yes. So, Bianca it, only dates winners. I, yes. <laughs> I will say, it kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, when Turner says to Feeney, teach me about her. Yes. Except now it's it's Eric saying that to Turner. And Turner's like, I really don't have to be here for this conversation, do I? Okay. I just No. But uh yeah, I mean I will say we do get to the next scene when uh we discover that Eric is going to lie his way into her thinking that he's an athlete by claiming that yes, he is a grand a master. master. <laughs> uh, and this this has got to be one of my favorite Eric. 
not not my favorite Eric plots, but my favorite Eric B plots in the entire run of the series. It's just it's just comedic gold. It's just so simple and so dumb. I I watched this last night as I was prepping, and I found myself just giggling at just how dumb and hilarious it was. And I've seen I mean, this, this episode. I've seen this episode a hundred times. <laughs> I know it maybe, word by word. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say is this maybe one of the first times of like Eric's storyline is so ridiculous. It's a different TV show altogether. Mm-hmm. And we'll, they'll only get more ridiculous with the years passing. But yeah, this one oh, was yeah. just bonkers. <laughs> but intended yeah, to be bonkers. So it is. So Eric and Bianca are going to go shoot some pool. And uh, the table's open, but we're interrupted. Not and that's so where fast. the clips. The... Not so fast. If it isn't Mr. and Mrs. Boninsky playing on the table that me and Frankie were most joyously playing upon. Uh, whatever, guys. Well, the table was empty, so if you don't mind, we'd just like to finish up here. What? Are you challenging Frankie to the table? I said that? Well, you implied it. Come on, Eric. I'd love to see the Grandmaster at work. It'd make me very happy. <laughs> okay, Frankie, you're on. <laughs> I mean, how good could he be, right? Very <laughs> <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> In the ground. <laughs> Oh, Joey the Rat being his most Joey the Radish. Oh, yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so that is... Can we just agree right now? Like, that is the Eric storyline of this ridiculous pool game that goes on forever. And we're not going to talk about this game for a little bit. Other than to say, eventually... Uh, Eli shows up and he's giving commentary, commenting on how ridiculous this all is. Um, yeah. And we'll eventually let's get back to that later in the episode. Yeah, we'll put a pin on that one for now. We can okay. focus on the cabin. <laughs> so uh, we go to Mr. Feeney's uh, Pocono Cottage. Um, they walk in and they have a ranger giving them a hand. Ranger Mark. Yes. Do you want Ranger to say who Mark. he is? Yes, he is played by an actor by the name of Troy Evans, first of two appearances on Boy Meets World. He'll show up again next season in Security Guy. He has 169 acting credits to his name, including wow. Mama's Family, uh, Cheers, ah, Night love Court. Mama's Family. Yep, Cheers, Night Court, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. How very appropriate for tonight. Uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Step by Step. Step by Step, Day (laughs) by Day. Home Improvement, Lois and Clark. Day by Day! Uh, (laughs) The New Adventures of Superman. The Practice, Boston Public, ER, Veep, Bosch, and so many more. I wouldn't have time to list them. Man's been around. We need to <laughs> go through and see a resemblance between step-by-step to private practice, because I swear I've heard that connection many times throughout this whole mm. rendition. So, eventually we'll to look be. into that. They could have a yeah. similar casting director. Could be. <laughs> yes. But, uh... Yes, we get to know uh, Ranger Mark just a little bit. Uh, he's a little concerned <laughs> yes. of these two sli- city slicker boys and their relation to Feeney, because he knows who Feeney is uh, quite well, mm-hmm. apparently. 
And I yeah. just have to say, Brett, uh, before I move too far forward, Ranger Mark, Ranger Mark, <laughs> he's the best guy I know, Ranger Mark. Ranger Mark. And his moose friend. <laughs> moose can't be a ranger. <laughs> and there's... realize at the Oh, Moose can't be a ranger. <laughs> there is one other. The, this this is the beginning of Boy Meets World's runner with mountain folk too. Yes, because th- this is really the inception here. Because when Corey and Sean can't get their story straight about who's the brother, who's the cousin, they're brother cousins. This starts the runner through when Ranger Mark makes the comment about. He knows some mountain folk or, ma- or some mountain people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll see that come up season four again. But yeah, this this is kind of a thing that Bohemian's World has with mountain folk. So if good looking people, if you're from the mountains, I'm sorry, they poke fun at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just low hanging fruit, essentially. Like it's oh, an it easy is. joke to make and. It is. <laughs> oh, <But>. Zeke. <laughs> I just... Zeke. <laughs> you know how to turn on the lights, right? Yeah, we know how to turn on the lights. No, you don't. <laughs> There's a breaker in everything, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Sean doesn't yes. understand how miles work. One mile for each of them on a two-mile walk. <laughs> yeah. Take about two hours. Uh, but apparently, uh, they tried to walk th- to go to the ski lift, and uh, it was closed. So they had to yeah. then trek all the way back. And there's no snow on the mountain. Yes, they're quite concerned and doesn't understand. Um, <laughs> Sean said, he's like, you said there'd be snow on the mountains. Uh, they said the Rocky Mountains were blanketed with fresh snow. The Rockies, Sean, we're in the Poconos. I thought that was a description. <laughs> you mean like Chewy Are we not surprised? This is Sean who thought Paris, Texas was taxed. Yeah, I, I can't believe Corey was willing to only go off of Sean's information. Like, I can't believe he didn't look. Being as as neurotic of the character is right now, he should have been the one looking on Weather Channel to see what the deal is. He should have. I mean, being in Philadelphia, (laughs) they probably, in their local paper, would have stuff about the Poconos, like report from the Poconos or something about, you know, that area and different resorts. And, like, there's no reason why Corey was not more informed before he left, other than... No good reason, anyway. (laughs) The joke comes first. Um, (laughs) Yes, but they're also concerned because they can't get the lights on still until... um, the lights all of a sudden pop on out of nowhere. Yes, they do. Either the lights just went on, or I got an idea. <laughs> yes, but this is also around the time they start yelling about the uh, murdering psycho, Grady's axe. Uh, a story uh, yes. that the uh, ranger Mark decided to tell them. Funny thing is, is, we were watching this episode as a family, and it was right before bedtime. And right oh. before Ranger Mark started sharing this, I paused and said, okay, time for bed. And Sarah looked at me like, <laughs> good catch. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yes, good catch. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So they have uh, quote unquote weapons ready to uh, be able to attack the. Uh... I like Corey's broom. <laughs> yes. But the door opens and it is dun dun dun, Feeny. Feeny. Yes. <laughs> And they're, of course, wondering, what are you doing here? And he's wondering, what are you doing here? Oh, I do have uh, our conversa- our initial conversation with Feeney. That's a bold-faced so lie. No, it's not. Time to belly up to the excuse table. <laughs> Mr. Feeney, you've got no right trespassing on your own property. <laughs> Mr. Matthews, you're up. Actually, Mr. Feeney, my parents are on the way up, and we just... Rushed ahead to straighten up the place. That's a bald-faced lie. Every word, sir. So, you two snaked the key from your parents and snuck up here to have a good time. Hmm? That's a bald-faced lie, Mr. Feeney. It worked when he said it. You know, Mr. Feeney, I thought you said you never use this place anymore. I came to pack up so I could sell it. We'll take it. Hey, now you're trespassing. I don't even hear you anymore. <laughs> I don't even hear you anymore. <laughs> I will I say that, that, that this this starts one of my favorite interactions between Feeney and the guys. They are mm-hmm. separated from the classroom. They're separated from the uh, the backyard. This is full blown. Feeney is 100% responsible for them right this moment mm-hmm. and understands that what was going to be a night where he was going to do some picking up and, you know, maybe relaxing a little bit now turns into, I am now here to babysit these two. Yep. And a little more reality strikes in. Um, <laughs> I just love fact that Corey whacks him with the brick. <laughs> what? It worked, worked when he, he said it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, fantastic interaction. Belly up to the excuse table. <laughs> or belly up to the excuse bar. <laughs> yes. Uh... Oh. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, Feeney does kind of get down to business of like, okay, we're going to make the best of this. And they're like, well, how many beds are there, Mr. Feeney? One. Sean, I'll flip you for it. (laughs) Sean is just so antagonistic. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's up to challenge Feeney on anything and everything. (laughs) Yes. But apparently they have dinner together and it was civil. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course... uh, there, it's time for dishes because Feeney's like, "Hey, we just ate. We do dishes right away, so that way they don't pile up. It's the safest thing." And Feeney apparently takes his watch off, sets it uh, over the sink, which, in my opinion, is always a dangerous place to put any sort of jewelry. Yes. And uh, he tells the boys, "Hey, right. <laughs> you're uh, supposed to do the dishes." Um, boys go to do the dishes, and what happens? The watch falls in, and it goes down the drain. It does, but we skipped over a part. Oh, yes. Sean apparently has this trick he does with putting a spoon on his his nose, and uh, he sees how long he can hold it for. Apparently, oh, his longest is seven hours, Brett. 
That's not the part I'm talking about, though. We what part are we talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about the part when Sean finally confronts Feeney. Well, that happens right after this, doesn't it? No, that happens right before it. Oh. Let me play that clip. I, I, I did right, clip. Go for it. I split it in two. All right, go ahead. So. I want to know why you hate me so much. Is that what you think? Yeah, I mean, you're always getting on my case. Well, if by that you mean I'm always trying to get the best out of you, then yes, I'm always on your case. But I certainly don't hate you. You see, Sean? It frustrates me to see such a charismatic young man with so much unfulfilled potential. Yeah, I got you. So I'm just another one of your hopeless students. And I suppose I'm just another stodgy old principal. The stodgiest. <laughs> what do you know about me, Mr. Hunter? Mm -mm. I, I like, the, I really love when Sean finally, he's because he's been complaining the whole episode that Feeney hates him. That Feeney's oh. always on his case. That Feeney is just, Feeney's just doesn't get him. And he finally sits down, he fi or finally stands up for himself and says, you know, why, why do you hate me? And he, he gets a straight answer. I don't hate you. I just, I see so much unrealized potential that's being wasted. And we get this, he's not expecting that. He was expecting something a little different. Mm -hmm. And we'll get a little bit deeper here with this next, I, I split it into two, uh, mostly for, to avoid copyright striking so that it's not so long, but to give a little breather in between two. Sean Patrick Hunter, son of Chet and Verna, born in Ohio, lived in Oklahoma, in and out of five schools before he was 12. You memorized my transcript. Oh, and you love a musical group named Counting Crows. That's not in my transcript. Do you know that much about all your students? No, I don't. And Sean gets to hear that not only does Mr. Feeney see so much unrealized potential in him, but Mr. Feeney's taken time that he doesn't take for all of his students, for most of his students probably, to actually get to know who Sean is beyond just his transcript. He knows the details of his transcript. Off, I mean, he can he can quote them off the top of his head. He knows middle name. He knows his parents. He knows how many schools he's been in. He knows where he's lived. But he also knows his favorite band. And that's something mm -hmm. that's not going to be in a transcript. That's something that he probably didn't even talk to Mr. Feeney about directly. Hmm. And so Sean is now faced with, Mr. Feeney really doesn't hate me. He really does see something in me that I just didn't know was there. And so that's the meat that, that I really, really love in this episode is this yeah. this relationship building we get between Feeney and Sean 
Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is, is I guarantee you there's a lot more information that Feeney has. Mm-hmm. But I think he just knew that that was enough of the his band that he liked was enough for him to not have to go into more detail, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that just in general, when you are around teenagers long enough and you hear things that they talk about that they don't always think you hear because for some reason if you're not part of their conversation they just assume that no one's paying attention to them but you really do pick up a lot um you know but one of the reasons why anytime i've gone from one uh one church job to another church job part of my frustration is like i'm not going to be able to get the amount of knowledge about every single one of these students out of my brain I'm just going to have to deal with the fact that it's just information that is gone that I'm not going to be able to use and hopefully someone else will pick up on and pay attention to Mm -hmm. because there's so much that young people will tell you about without telling you directly about themselves. So, Mm -hmm. oops, bought my mic. Um, So yeah, it's just part of, part of life uh being working with teenagers it really is and i love that he does confront him saying why don't you like me why do you hate me you know i've had to have conversations as a teenager myself um and i would love for a teenager to ask me the same question if they thought i was too unreasonable um you know but i i fear this generation uh, currently doesn't really have that in them as much um, almost like our society has given permission to not confront things emotionally difficult conversations directly um, but those emotional conversations are so important for growth um, that when we don't take those times we won't realize that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our judgment is unfounded. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people you think, especially someone in authority, think you may think they don't like you, and it's quite the opposite, actually. Yep. And you won't know unless you ask. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a college professor that was... I was convinced he hated me, and it turned out by the end of the end of the class that uh, he actually was. I was one of his favorite students in that class session. He just he put more effort and more attention, paid more attention to me than he did to a lot of other students because he liked what he saw for me. I was just convinced that he hated me because of all of the attention I was getting and all of the. look over my shoulder a lot more than anyone else and I was just convinced that he was trying to catch me doing something wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably was <laughs> could have been <laughs> make sure you don't take the easy way out yeah, could have been yes but I, I do love Feeney turning it on Sean saying what do you know about me not mm-hmm. me the teacher the principal the authority what do you know me as a person what do you know about george yeah 
And Corey immediately kind of sees this as an opportunity of getting to know him better. Yeah. Yeah, but Corey's a great I, friend pushing pushing for all of this for Sean. But I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was, I, for some reason in my head, the watch thing happens and then they have this conversation because I thought Feeney was like, oh, dinner's done. We immediately go take care of it. I forgot that he kind of gets up from the table, leaves them and goes and starts reading his diary so mm -hmm. but yes we go to the sink and apparently the watch falls in Corey thinks i got it he doesn't have it <laughs> the fact that Corey Oops, thinks he it has it when it's the drain yes the drain plug it's quite alarming and concerning uh, yeah clearly Corey uses the dishwasher a lot at home <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're acting like he actually does dishes and chores. Yeah, I probably am. <laughs> yeah. But uh, an interesting new scene takes place, Brett. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey wakes up to finding Sean reading. Reading a book. What? Yes. He opened a book. Do you have any yes, of this clipped? Did. Not this. No, I left this open for us to, to discuss oh, if we want to. Good. So, yeah, Corey and Sean go through a couple of important dates. Um, December 19th would have been uh, 61. Uh, November 14th, 1965. Uh, so we're, they're learning that Feeney is okay with breaking the rules a little bit. Uh, yes, using sick was. time when he's not actually sick. Um, mm -hmm. We learn about this as well from uh, his dentist appointment that he's going to miss class for. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, we're, we're learning a little bit more about him, of, uh, of what's important to him. Spending mm -hmm. time with his wife and um, just having fun. But we also Still learn... didn't see the slopes. Yes, but uh, we also learned that the the watch he has, which he said, oh, it's just a 35-year-old watch, um, was given to him from his wife in uh, 1990, or, or in 65, uh, as a five-year anniversary gift. Mm -hmm. So something that his wife gave to him, which we, we know that she has passed away, and it's not just a piece of jewelry then. It's a very mm -hmm. sentimental, important item. Exactly. Um, it, you could argue it may be the thing he cherishes most. I would say so, yes. Um, is there anything that uh, Kelly gave you that you look at and you go, I will always cherish this and this is a symbol of her love to you? There is a photograph of us... Uh, from our time at Geneva that is framed um, that I really do hold on to uh, that's probably one of the most uh, outside of my wedding band yeah that's probably the most what about you um well I will say uh there, we do have a picture that someone took of us minutes after we started dating. 
like we took a walk and in that walk we talked through all of our concerns and worries and ultimately saying that yes we do like each other we then walked back because uh, we were at camp and we sat down and literally the there's the the head counselor was taking pictures of everyone around and they just kind of clicked on us and um so that's a picture we have floating around somewhere but the she got me clue um two years i think ago for christmas um and i always loved the game clue and clue keeps they keep bringing out new editions of clue not realizing that they've had perfect <laughs> editions of clue um and she got me a later edition than the one i had even as a kid and it's like it's got wood pieces instead of plastic and it's beautiful so not really a jewelry piece but something that you know made me know that she loves me and that she listened to things i said because i i'm not a good like saying out loud the things i want so whenever my wife actually gets something that i've stated like oh, i'd love to have this but oh well i'd love to but that's we can't do it i don't like spending money on me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah um i was other than our children oh, of course <laughs> that goes without saying <laughs> yeah um so yeah we go to the next scene and uh it's the morning and uh mm -hmm. Corey kind of runs in quickly he's like hey do you what does he say exactly uh sorry he runs by and says can't talk now sean's in over his head yeah he's looking for a flashlight or a wetsuit uh, <laughs> Corey's cut, or Sean's yelling for him and uh, uh, Sean walks in and uh, Mr. Feeney's kind of upset he's getting stuff all over the rug and you know Sean's been kind of disrespectful and the boys did lose something that was super important to him and uh, Sean reveals the watch and he said, well, we thought it was important since it's an anniversary gift. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Feeney, Hunter, you read a book. Yeah, Feeney immediately knows you read a book. Which, I gotta say, though, if Feeney didn't want them to read it, he could have put it somewhere else. Yep. But he didn't. He left it probably where he always keeps it. Potentially not even thinking after the watch got lost. But, mm -hmm. you know, he... Some of yeah, his... because after after that watch goes down the drain, he just kind of walks out of the room. Yeah, they, they might not have seen him the rest of that night. That's true. That's very true. Feeney puts the watch back on his wrist, though immediately. Um, right, right out of the septic tank, which is a little concerning. <laughs> but I mean, hey, if you thought it was gone, I could understand why he would just throw it on immediately and not think a second thing of it. You know, I mean, he does, he does a wipe bit. it off, at least. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, was, uh, this is a really nice moment between the three of them. Mm -hmm. Of we messed up, we wanted to fix it immediately, and we knew this was important to you. Yeah. I mean, they were, the boys were willing to do whatever it took to get that back. 
Yeah. They knew it was important to him. They knew they were the ones that lost it, and they were wanting to do whatever it took to make it right. Yeah. But I will say, like, uh, I was thinking about this at one point of, like, gosh, I couldn't imagine going into someone else's septic tank. That sounds gross. But for Sean Hunter, I can only imagine that he's like, yeah, no, I'll go get it. That's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Honestly, it's probably not the first septic tank he's been in. Probably not. Probably not. Um, so <laughs> I just love the fiend. He's like, all right, well, why don't you boys go into the lake and uh, go uh, wash off real quick? It's like 20 degrees out there. Oh, wear a sweater. Wear a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still a little bit of a Feeny snark. Yeah. Sass. I was going to combine the two to snass. Still some Feeny yeah, well, snass right now. <laughs> but uh yeah right, we so get back to the matthews household where uh and i clipped i did clip oh, the uh please. the interaction here what the heck were you two thinking you lied you trespassed and you endangered yourself you were in it a lot deeper than you were in that septic tank george i am very sorry yeah but believe me the punishment will fit the crime well fine but bear in mind their behavior was wrong but their spirit is right they're two good guys. I'm pulling for you. Oh, uh, Mr. Feeney. Your key. Thought you might need it when you sell the place. If I sell it. Oh, and this is yours, too. Guys, we're not finished with you yet. Gentlemen, a word of advice. Don't talk, not a lot. Yep. I, I love that pulling for you as he walks past Sean as he's yep. leaving the room. But also that that advice is given in kindness, not a order. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's truly a word of advice. It's not telling them what to do. It's just, hey, you know, I've been there. I know your parents just, you know, you're going to get in trouble here. You're, you're going to get the the. You earn whatever's coming your way. Just yep. don't make it worse. But I love that he hand or Sean hands Mr. Feeney a spoon. And mm. in a way it's kind of a symbol of respect of hey, you should you should see why I like this. Mm. And he I tries love that it. Feeney, he, he puts it on his nose and he's suddenly like, I don't get it. And there's just there are things that younger people do that as older people you just won't get. I don't get Among there Us. I get some be. people do, but there's <laughs> certain things I just don't get. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there always will be. <laughs> yes. But we get to the tag of the episode, Brett. And this is when we're returning back to the, the billiard game, because apparently after the montage and inspirational thoughts, they still have sunk nothing. And they're just out of standstill. 15 hours. They have not sunk a single shot. Yes. You know, in Mexico, they had chicken wire around the table. Yes, apparently. And clearly, (laughs) clearly, (laughs) Bianca has long left Eric because, you know. (laughs) So how's it feel to be dating a winner? I'll let you know as soon as I find one. Yeah. So, uh. Frankie and Joey finally leave, and Eric uh, just kind of lines himself up and takes one last shot and sinks everything. Yep, just like Mexico. 
Yeah, just like Mexico. <laughs> and that, dear viewers, is an episode. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Tyler, let's get into some deep dives. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Well, I didn't have this initially, so I looked this up uh, during. But uh, Casting Crows is an American rock band uh, from the San Francisco area, uh, formed in 1991. Um, apparently, they're still together, so that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, Mr. Jones. Yes, that I was gonna say, with such hit as Mr. Jones, uh, also known as Rain King, a long uh, December, hanging around and covered uh, Johnny Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi, and uh, yeah, accidentally in Cruz. love from Shrek Two. Uh, you know, this is a band that's been around for a while and still good, and but it makes sense that it would be a, a Sean band, for lack of better wording. I, I suspect it could have been a Ryder Strong band, even that may yeah. have slipped its way in there. Could be. Uh, I did look up uh, cabins like currently for sale in Poconos, and so. Um, Going based on what I found, first of all, um, yikes. <laughs> there is, there, okay, maybe this is time for a rant, but uh, the cheapest one I found, Brett, is $200,000. Uh, yeah. And that is a two bedroom, one bath. But it's also a small cabin. Now, my problem, uh, good-looking people, is that once upon a time, people used to buy tiny cabins or build cabins. They'd have a small little bit of land, and they would build these little things so that way, you know, middle America families could enjoy them and go to them. You know, like, my great-grandmother had a family uh, lake house cabin that they would constantly go to you know in the summertime and her son owns it now but you cannot build in that area for anything under like I don't know 500,000 easy um, most of these cabins are ridiculous and it's almost like you're not even in wilderness you're just at a different home essentially now um mm -hmm. you know most of the cottages were built with no septic tanks or anything like that like it was a big deal when they got running water finally and um it's just incredible to me that what used to be something of uh, a way for regular families to go out to mountain, go skiing, go to the lake and do boating. You know, it's almost become impossible for most young families to do that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, we barely were able to buy a house. Like, by the skim of our teeth, buy a house. Like, we could never dream about building or buying another one right now as we stand. Yep. So yeah, um, 
which leads me to my next thing, Brett, and that is uh, Rangers in uh, the Colorado, uh, yeah, Colorado State Parks uh, want people to remember uh, to not feed the wildlife. Uh, find I found an article which I think I'm going to send to you so that way you can show it to the the good looking people of it's called uh, don't give moose pizza park rangers <laughs> remind uh, <laughs> knucklehead visitors basically a park ranger walked in on someone feeding pizza to a moose in 2000 <laughs> it was <laughs> article was posted August uh, 12th 2020 um, so yeah, apparently one person was giving the moose pizza and another person was petting the moose. And the reason you don't <laughs> feed the wildlife, uh, good looking people is because they don't want people, the animals to be dependent upon individuals. Cause even though some people can feed and know what to give them, not everybody does. And they don't want the people to become a source of their food. They want them to be independent and almost like you're not there cause you're not really there. Mm-hmm. The animal should not be dependent upon the people. That's how they get domesticated. That's how you get a cat behind me constantly demanding his food. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so, billiards, Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing uh, eight ball, uh, which you play with 15 uh, balls. Uh, some solid, some stripes. And the goal of the game, of course, is to get in your uh, color. Like, your either solid color or the stripe color. And you gotta also get um, the eight ball in as the last uh, shot. I have the rules here, but I don't know. I'll just give the... Uh, loss of game a player loses the game if he commit any of the uh, following infractions foul fouls when pocketing the eight ball except c eight ball breakdown pockets the eight ball on the same stroke as his last of his group of balls uh jumps eight ball off the table at any time pockets the eight ball in a pocket other than the one designated pockets the eight uh, when it is not uh, the legal objective ball. All infractions must be called before another shot is taken or else it is deemed no fraction occurred. Interesting. I say this is probably the most popular version of pool that people will play is and it's also the one that doesn't require as much skill I will say because this is the one that I would often play as a kid. Well, unfortunately, good-looking people, the article that I had is from New York Times, so now I'm just going to take a moment to say, thanks a lot, New York Times. You made it difficult for me to find the information I need, so now I'm not going to talk Paywalls good of you. Paywalls are not always a good idea. No, it's not, and that's what frustrates me, but that's for a whole different other story. Um, <laughs> essentially, what I was going to tell you about, and I was going to give detail of, was a guy who had the longest, what's called straight ball. Uh, and he went, like, it was like over 600 shots where he had to call the shot and hit the ball in. That's and so, impressive. 
Yeah, it is. It was considered an unbreakable record. Um, I was going to give the name of the guy and everything, but New York Times got in the way. So if anyone's curious about that, all you got to do is uh, Google. Um, long, I just was Googling longest game of pool, or I guess it would be longest straight shot, and maybe you'll find it. But yes, I apparently need to have a paywall, and I'm I'm not paying New York Times the dollar to ne- read New York Times again. So. <laughs> Uh, media's got to figure out how to pay the things and be able to do the stuff but um, I'm not using that so sorry maybe we need to deep dive about that later on but not today (laughs) that'll be behind our Patreon paywall yes Uh, Brett you may be wondering yeah if you you if you want the New York Times stuff from me you got you got to do Patreon for that um You may be wondering, Brett, um, because Feeney and uh, his first wife were married on February 14th, 1960. You may wonder what important things happened that day. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what did happen that day? Well, they had the second Daytona 500. Uh, it was won by Junior Johnson, uh, survived a 37-car uh, crash on turn four. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Survives a... Oh, no, okay. I was wearing... wearing um, it was showing me the, the specific car, but I don't care about that. So Junior Johnson won the second Daytona 500. Um, mm-hmm. Masha Kubia Khan was elected president of Pakistan. Did you hear that? I heard Masha Kubia Khan was elected president of Pakistan. <laughs> I was asking if you heard the water trickling through. Uh, now I can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, famous birthdays. Eric uh, Eric Shea, uh, American actor from Yours, Mine, and Ours. Uh, the Poseidon Adventure, born in uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Meg Till, Canadian actress, Big Chill, uh, Impulse, born in Los Angeles, California. And uh, you may know this person, Jim Kelly, American uh, football player from Buffalo Bills, born in Pittsburgh, Uh, Pennsylvania. Um, How long ago was this date? Uh, First of all, it was a Sunday, so that's interesting that they were married on a Sunday. But uh, it was 63 years ago, eight months, 14 days. Hmm. Uh, Chinese uh, Zodiac would have been the rat. Apparently the number one song was the theme from uh, Summer Place, Percy Faith and his orchestra. Interesting. So yeah, initially I did have the other dates as well, but I don't think they saved, so we're not going to worry about those. But Brett, uh, those would be our deep dives. All right, so let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Tyler, what did you learn was uh, 
most important in talking up through city slackers? Well, I learned that as a uh, adult who works with teenagers, it's important um, that they see me in an environment where I'm not in charge or trying to move, that I'm just with them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue that Corey and Sean are finally seeing George and not Feeney, Mr. Feeney, or anything like that. They're just spending time with George. Mm-hmm. And that's I think it's important, especially if you have a group of teenagers that you're like dedicated to helping and, and teaching them, for them to see the other side of you that is not the person in charge of a room. All right. What'd and you uh, I'm, I'm going to pick up a little bit uh, on what you had mentioned about uh, something that this generation does seem to be leaning towards more and more, that we need to be more willing to ask tough questions. Um, even especially when we're afraid of what the answers might be. Uh, I do see that a lot um, in my own purview, whether it's with my own children, with uh, teenagers, with other adults around me. I, I see that a lot where people are becoming more and more afraid to ask tough questions, unless they're online, and then they really don't want the answers that they get. But be willing to ask tough questions because that's the only way that we're going to get to the deep answers that we need to get to. Mm-hmm. So. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? How would you grade city slackers? As much as I kind of get annoyed with the whole pool situation and Eric having a another week of pointless B plot story and there's a lack of Amy and Alan in this episode I would give this episode an A plus this this truly is one of the top episodes I can't remember if it's in our top 20 that we were discussing um, but even if it's not top 20 for for us yeah, I, I, it, it, it's arguably in that rank of top episodes of this show could be top 25 but i i can't give this episode anything other than an a plus mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm right there with you it's it's an a plus for me i mean yeah it's eric's b plot is is dumb funny yeah to the point oh, it's, where it's, it's just it's, only it's, there it's exactly what you need the the depth and the the weight that Corey and Sean and 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 Feeney's story is carrying, we need Eric's funny in, in this one. Yeah, no, I agree. And as much as I'd love to have more of uh, of Alan and Amy this episode, and even Turner, they need a week away with Feeney after last week not having any Feeney. Yeah. So we need more Feeney this week after no Feeney last week. So yeah. A plus for me as well. I agree. Well, the show is doing a good job right now of them 
trying. Apparently, I gave a thumbs up. I was like, I'm, "What's up with that?" I'm, I'm, I'm using IO. I'm using uh, uh, an, an Apple operating system on FaceTime. So <laughs> I forgot that they they included those uh, expressions. So <laughs> cool. Um, what I was going to say is the show right now is balancing. I think pretty well of yes. Corey is going through stuff and he's going through stuff in a way that his parents can't always help him. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's hit this weird wall of like, he almost, he thinks he knows what his parents are going to say in response. So mm-hmm. he doesn't ask them. Exactly. Um, and I've, I've been watching a little of the later on in the show, and Corey is constantly going back to them, like, I need your help, I need your help. And right now it feels like he's almost trying to explore of, I get what I'll get with my parents, but what do these other people say? What does Mr. Turner say about this? What does Mr. Williams say? What does Feeney think about these things? And also even some of his friends, and what does his peers say? Like... It's, it's like at this moment, he's putting more value in other people's thoughts, ideas, but he almost needs to have that awkward, you know, I don't want to ask my parents yet. Um, mm-hmm. I get that. I went to that myself. Yep. And we all do. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe I owe you a dad joke, Brett. You do. <laughs> and I actually have it ready to go. All right. I know, right? Uh, so... <laughs> There we go. (laughs) Nice. All right, Brett. Uh, Uh, Who did the ghost take on a date? Who did the ghost take on a date? Um, I don't know who. His ghoul friend. (laughs) I want to give you one more because I like like this one a lot. Why didn't the ghost dance at the party? I swear I heard this one from Alexa the other day. I can't remember the punchline that why. He had no body to dance with. Oh, I think of <laughs> skeletons on that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good looking people. That is another episode from us, the dads at Dads Meet World. We thank you for listening. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. So find us we on do. social media. We want to hear at from Dad's you. Meet World. Yes, at Dad's Meet World across all social media platforms on the what, that we're on: Twitter, X, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Drop us an email at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. I checked just before we started recording tonight. No emails this week, but if you send one, we'll read it on the air. We've read yeah. every email we've gotten so far. Yeah, and do you have a? Uh, theme of a uh, horror theme thing tradition you have that you like to wear costume whatever that thing is uh, yeah let us know what your traditions are (laughs) and hey we're going to be coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas so let us know what your Thanksgiving or Christmas traditions are I love Thanksgiving traditions I want to hear those yes let us know what your family traditions are we love to share those things and hey Give us a five-star review if you think we earned one. Yeah. And if not, give us one anyway and tell us why yeah. you think we shouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Tyler, until next time, I'll see you good looking. Yeah! <laughs> For you, good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Okay, I gotta remember to hit live instead of preview. Yeah, that was very low. <laughs> All right. All right, so with all that table setting, Tyler, take us away. Vast emotional damage. There it is. I got one more. Let me finish it and then we can keep going. All right, I'll let this play out and I'll, I'll clip it and drop it in. Clearly, I'm cutting this part out. <laughs>